0: Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voysin, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who are joined from around the world to listen to our authors, their words of wisdom um, about their specific focus. And today joining me from Toronto, Canada is Yuri, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Yuri Elkhom. Is that right?
1: Close enough. El Cam. It's all El, good, though. El Cam.
0: Yeah. Um, Yuri is the author of a new book, which is a New York Times bestselling book, uh, called The All-Day Fat-Burning Diet, The Five-Day Food Cycling Formula That res- Resets Your Metabolism to Lose Up to Five Pounds a Week. And Yuri is a registered holistic nutritionist, a renowned fitness expert, and as we said, the author of this All Day Energy Diet, which we're going to be speaking with him about. And you can actually... Uh, find him if you want to it's just easy it's his name and i'm going to spell it out it's Y-U-R-I-E-L-K-A-I-M. that's his uh website address so for all of you looking for him and the book is on amazon and all your best booksellers is a former professional soccer player who also is a strength and conditioning and nutritional coach For uh, seven seasons at the University of Toronto, Uh, Yuri has helped hundreds of thousands of clients enjoy more energy, lose weight, get in shape, and have a greater understanding of their health. And this is a Rodell book for all of my listeners, which uh, they have a great series of books, Always on Health. Well, Yuri, uh, let's start off with, as I begin reading the book in high school, uh, you lost your hair, you lost your eyebrows, you lost your eyelashes, and you were diagnosed with this by your immunologist to have an autoimmune condition, and I hope I'm saying this right, alopecia, is that right? Alopecia. Alopecia. Mm -hmm. So can you tell our audience what ensued after um, that particular diagnosis? Um, And nobody that you went to could actually tell you what was going on. You went to doctor after doctor after doctor.
1: Yeah. So that was part of the problem is that really none of the medical community had any answers other than, you are know, like let's inject your head with cortisone. I was like, no, nah, that, that's okay. I think I'll pass. So for eight years, I just kind of, you know, I, I didn't really know where to turn because at the time I was, I was very active, but I was unhealthy. So I didn't, I wasn't really into, you know, natural health and stuff like that. Um, I was really more into like just playing soccer and being active and stuff. So I just kind of went about my, my ways and, you know, sought like you know traditional Chinese medicine doctors out and traditional medicine doctors, <coughs> medical doctors, and uh, really never found the answers. So, eight years later, I was uh, through a series of events introduced to a holistic nutrition school in Toronto. And on the first day, I was like, "Holy cow! Like this, this is amazing. This is stuff I'd never learned about." And I and I had studied kinesiology at the University of Toronto, which is one of the top twenty universities in the world, and. I did. I almost did a minor in nutrition, but I stopped half a credit short because I was just sick and tired of learning all the nonsense that they were teaching, which is a very medical dietetic approach to nutrition and food. And I was like, I don't really care what my RDA for vitamin C is every single day. That, that's not inspiring. It doesn't really mean anything to me. But when I went to this holistic nutrition school… On the first day, it was kind of an open house. I was like, this is unbelievable and I've never known this. And I'm like, if I didn't know this with my background and education and all this, there must be billions of people who don't know this either. And so I was like instantly hooked and I enrolled and I asked our, one of my professors who was a naturopathic doctor and I asked her, I was like, do you think that my hair loss could be a result of years of terrible food choices? Because I had grown up on breads, pastas, cereals, processed food, microwave dinners, fast food. And she's like, yeah, we see it every day. Mm. (laughs) I was like, like, what? So you finally
0: finally had to go to college to get your answer to actually find your own. Well, you know what? That's interesting. You say that an unhealthy diet, which you obviously were consuming, also manifests itself in this chronically low energy. And you, you also say that it flips on the fat gain switch. What do you recommend to my listeners out there listening today to improve their energy and really flip off that fat switch that starts through the consumption of these type of foods?
1: Yeah, well it's, uh, I'll answer the two answers there. So first and foremost, I tell people how you heal anything is how you heal everything. So I, I suffered with really low energy for like up until I was like in my early 20s. And I didn't realize that low energy was a warning sign that something more serious was happening inside my body, which in my case was the autoimmune condition that eventually, you know, I lost all my hair. A lot of other people might experience other things. So, low energy is a big problem because if your body is, is, is tired all the time, it basically means that it's fighting something or healing something internally all the time. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why pregnant women are tired, like, they're growing. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, a parasite inside of them, right? That's essentially what a a baby is, uh, at least from a physiological, biological perspective. And it drains your energy. It's the same thing when you're sick. Like you don't have energy to go for a run. So you have to understand that low energy all the time means that something inside of you is happening that is requiring a lot of energy to repair and heal and all that stuff. So the number one thing you can do to have more energy is first and foremost understand that low energy is not normal and caffeine is not the solution. The, the secret to having more energy, it really comes down to nourishment instead of stimulation. What that means is focus on getting more quality foods into your diet and relying less, or if none at all, on stimulants like caffeine and sugar because those are band-aids that only make the problem worse. Specifically within that whole food category is you really want to focus on greens, green vegetables, green juices, green smoothies, green salads, because they contain the most important alkaline minerals that are going to help reset your blood to a healthy level. Now I'm not going to go into the science about all this, but basically there are certain foods that are acid forming in the body. Others are more alkaline forming. Alkaline-forming foods are predominantly vegetables and fruits. So by eating more of those, you put your body back into its natural state of balance where it wants to be so that it can really distribute the oxygen to all of your cells to create that energy. Now, from a fat loss perspective, that will help, but there's also another thing you need to consider that a lot of people don't think about is that if you can't lose weight, it's not because you're not exercising enough or eating too much. That could be part of the issue, but I've worked with a lot of people to know that a lot of them do all the right things and still can't lose weight. And the real issue for most people, especially in today's day and age, is that their body is scared. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean their body is stressed out and inflamed as a result of that. And as a result of that inflammation, there's more stress inside the body. Basically how it works is When you eat the wrong foods, when you're exposed to environmental toxins, when you do too much exercise, when you're stressed out emotionally, mentally, all that stuff, those are all forms of stress on the body. And the body responds by pumping out cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone that is heavily linked to creating and storing abdominal belly fat amongst other problems. So the problem is not to do thousands of sit-ups, it's to correct the problem at the foundation, which is to minimize the stress coming in your body.
0: And how do you how
1: do you read cortisol? I just happened to have a
0: cortisol and a testosterone test done. I'm mm-hmm. sixty one years old and and the cortisol test came back and the doctor did nothing, just gave it to me. It said 9.2. Well, how how do you know what that even means. I mean, uh, then I went on the net and I looked around and was trying to figure out what, what that all meant. But um, obviously, energy, I haven't had as much. Same kind of situation we're talking about. But how do people, if they get the cortisol test, the testosterone test, how do they determine you know, what that really means?
1: It's a little bit more challenging than just one number because <clears throat> all hormones are... They work in circadian rhythms, so basically uh, daily patterns. So, for instance, cortisol is highest in the morning and lowest at night. Okay. So, what you should see is you should have a graph that shows the decay of, well, ideally, the decay of cortisol throughout the day. Now, a lot of people will have something called, um, well, they're they're kind of what ap- what ends up happening is, and a lot of times, you know, people have, um almost like a, a camel hump, a two-hump two, uh, two camel in their cortisol curve where they, it's high in the morning, it goes down, and then it comes back up around late afternoon, early evening. Mm. And that's not ideal because what's happening there is, our, is that cortisol is the opposite of melatonin. And melatonin is that hormone in our brain that says, hey, it's time to sleep. So melatonin comes out when it's dark. Cortisol comes out when it's light. And you can do things like just going to bed and waking up at the same time every single day, which will make a big difference in both of those hormones. But also before you go to bed is really reducing the amount of stimulation again, again, not just from caffeine and sugar, but lights, right? A blue light from your TV, any kind of lights and stuff like that. Those are all stimulants that are going to act as a stress on the adrenal glands to pump out cortisol. Mm-hmm. So about an hour or so before bedtime, we really want to shut that stuff down I at least use some type of blue blocker. And there's, a, there's actually, I'm really happy with the new iPhone uh, update because they actually have a feature that reduces the blue light emission altogether, wow. which is amazing. Now, And I'm like, that's, that's a great addition. So things like that can make a difference, um, but also understanding that like, you have to understand how food and exercise and daily living impacts your body's stress and inflammation levels and getting those under control.
0: Well, I think going to a holistic nutritionist or a functional medicine doctor is really a key. But you mentioned that the goal of the book is to help our listeners lose five pounds per week with your proven, you call it five-day food hyphen cycling formula. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, can you explain to my listeners what this five-day food hyphen cycling formula is, and what's the difference in your program? I know there's a day of fasting. I know mm-hmm. you have different foods in there, um, but just give them a brief overview of what it is and and uh, what you mean by that. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the whole goal with the book is at a fundamental level to reduce inflammation and stress in the body so that your brain gets the message, okay, it's safe to release weight. And I mean, this book has already helped tens of thousands of men and women who had tried everything else, but really nothing worked. So, the food cycling formula was something I developed a couple of years ago because a lot of our clients were looking for something more strategic to lose those last ten or fifteen pounds, and they weren't getting the results by just eating less and exercising more. So, I started to really dive into this uh, quite extensively, and I started to look at, you know, how humans operated fifty to one hundred thousand years ago. They didn't have access to Starbucks. They didn't have a fridge. They didn't have convenience stores where they could get food 24-7. And our body physiologically has not evolved at all, pretty much, um, from those times. So it's weird to think that in those days, the human body adapted and thrived on periods of feasting and periods of fasting. There were times where they had lots of food because of a recent hunt. And there were times where maybe they were out, you know, without food for maybe a day or two based on the environment. So understanding that as our base physiology is important because our body operates best when we have fluctuating periods of caloric consumption. And that goes that flies in the face of convention because nowadays people are told you have to eat every two to three hours, otherwise your metabolism is going to crash. But that's complete nonsense because When you're eating all the time, your blood sugar is relatively high, which means your insulin levels are going to be high. And if your insulin levels are high, not only does insulin store fat or store sugar as fat, it also sends the signal to increase inflammation and cortisol inside your body. So why should we be eating all the time? There's really no difference scientifically from eating two meals a day or five meals a day, as long as total calories are the same. So anyways, with that understanding, looking at, well, what if – we didn't have breakfast today or what if we spent a day without food or what if we had a big dinner instead of five meals a day and just getting people to have the, giving them permission to eating when their body is hungry and stopping when they're full is a big goal of this program because ultimately the five-day food cycling formula allows the reader to get into better touch with what their body really wants. So for instance, we have the five days, which are essentially we have a low-carb day We have a feast day, which is not to be confused with a cheat day. So it's not burgers and pizza and stuff, but it's a higher intake of healthy calories. We have our one-day fast. We have a low-calorie day. And then we've got our regular calorie day, which is kind of like a normal day. So basically, I like to use a little... um, I don't even know, a little rhyme, if you will, that basically says some days high, some days low, some days yes, some days no. And the whole idea is not to be perfect about counting calories or measuring stuff because that's not, that's not what this is about. It's about going through a process over 21 days whereby you can understand how your body feels when you're eating a little bit more, when you're eating a little bit less why you're craving certain foods when there's no food around, for instance, on a one-day fast, and understanding that it's completely normal and healthy for your body to be in a period of fast for about a day. There's a massive, massive health benefits to doing so. Yeah. And it's, again, giving people permission to moving away from the you know indoctrination of having to eat all the time, which is really not serving anybody. And in so doing, it's helping the body reset to a baseline level where it feels more natural. It's honoring its natural circadian rhythms. And as a result, your body is able to release stored fat a lot easier.
0: So you're resetting your metabolism in essence by following your program. You, you. And I I read this in the book, and I was uh, I probably I wasn't surprised at all. But you said the average American male in the '60s weighed about 169 pounds, and now they weigh about 196 pounds. Mm-hmm. You said there's these invisible forces and fat triggers that are causing weight gain. What are those invisible forces, and what are the fat triggers that actually have increased the weight uh, 30 pounds over this? Uh, f- Fifty-year period, sixty.
1: Yeah, year. I'll give you a few of them for sure. I mean, one of them is definitely toxins, right? Toxins are, 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 again, toxins are a form of stress in the body. They're wreaking havoc at all levels, whether it's our gut, our liver, our cellular health, and as a result, our body um, metabolically at like an endocrine level. We know a lot of these, like for instance, heavy metal toxins or even pesticides, disrupt thyroid function. So if your thyroid is compromised. Because of these toxins, then your thyroid is your master metabolism gland. If your thyroid slows down, you're not going to have a very easy time losing weight. So toxic inundation over the years, you know, from our food supply, from our environments, has been um, a big culprit. Another one is looking at um, gut health, right? Um, when our gut is out of whack, that's that's a big problem. And I really believe that in the coming decade, gut health is really going to be the centerpiece of pretty much any healing modality mm. because it is so important that's, that's where everything starts
0: that's Dr. Perlmutter's big uh, push and all everybody else here in the states
1: yeah yeah it's it's because you know when you eat a food it's technically not inside your body it's only it only enters your body once it's absorbed across the intestinal lining so the problem is that again going back to stress and inflammation when our gut is compromised and certain food particles and proteins and toxins are being absorbed inside our body when they shouldn't be poses a big problem because that signals an inflammatory response, an immune response. And when we look at things like autoimmunity, that's really where it all starts. Mm -hmm. So it's really about like understanding how to fix the microbiome, how to clean up your gut and, um, and understanding that's, that's really a roots for a lot of these problems.
0: Most definitely. Now, yeah. one of the things you talk about in the book is you have six steps to reboot your metabolism, as we said. And one of them is rebooting the kitchen. I love that one. What foods are you recommending eliminating from our diet to help us not only lose weight but feel better, have more energy, increase our metabolism, and probably reduce all of our uh, cholesterol and, and cortisol?
1: yeah totally so again it goes back to reducing the problem uh, which is inflammation and stress right so we want to remove foods at least during this you know temporarily at least to see how your body feels so much better um, that create inflammation so things like gluten dairy um, a lot of Most, I mean, basically we're looking at eating fresh food. So just eat fresh food that is gluten and dairy-free, low in sugar. And I mean, what I do really well is I create recipes that taste amazing alongside those guidelines. And I take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to make. So the big issue a lot of people have is they go on a diet and it's like they feel so deprived because they're eating food that is just really not pleasing to them. And I'm a big foodie and I love my health. So I kind of combine both and make sure that every recipe that we create kind of, you know, it hits the health angle. It also hits the taste buds and it's very, very healthy and quick to make. So it's pretty straightforward stuff. The key is, you know, eating the right foods in the right type of sequence or in in terms of um, following that five day cycle for maximum, maximum benefit, maximum benefit, especially if you're somebody who can't lose weight no matter what you do.
0: Well I noticed in the book too, you know, you talk about fruits and vegetables and you, you point out the carbs in like a mango or a banana or and, and and I know you know a lot of people they've substituted the fruits, but the fruits have a lot of sugars in them as well. So any advice for people out there who are saying, Hey, yeah, and I start my day with a with a healthy smoothie, but I put all this stuff in it, uh, and I put my greens in it as well, Yuri. But, um, you know, what, what do you have to say? Kind of reduce uh, the amount of, um, of uh, vegetable, not vegetables, but the fruits you're putting in it?
1: Well, I mean, smoothies are a little bit better than if you were to juice the fruit because at least in the smoothie, you retain the fiber. So it slows the release from the stomach, which is important from a sugar perspective as well as a fructose perspective entering into the liver. What I would say in general is I'm a huge fan of fruit. I love it. It's amazing but stick to more of the berries and the non-sweet fruit like pears and uh, pears and apples. Okay. Once you start getting into like the mangoes and the pineapples and the, uh, all those amazing tropical fruit, unless your level of activity is such that you're going to burn all those sugars, you're going to run into some issues. Um, but also like really understand that carbohydrates are not the devil, right? We use a one-day low-carb day very strategically to create a bit of a deficit so your body relies more on fat as a fuel – But for the most part, this program is very favorable to carbohydrate, including fruit consumption. Uh One of the things that I encourage people to think about is eating more of their carbs later in the day. And again, this flies in the face of convention because we've been told for years, if you have carbs later in the day, they're going to be stored as fat, blah, blah, blah. The reality is that if you have a breakfast – that the breakfast should be predominantly higher in protein. That's not saying you can't have any fruit in the morning, but if you only have fruit in the morning or muffins or bagels and high carbohydrate foods, that is going to wreak havoc on your blood sugar. It's going to upset your cortisol balance and, over time, upset that important circadian rhythm. And when we look at eating carbohydrates later in the day, The beautiful thing about that is because of what they do to insulin, for instance, in terms of increasing insulin, they also, through um, a series of events, lead to increased melatonin in the brain. Mm -hmm. So it actually helps you sleep better at night. And there's very little research showing that having carbs later in the day is detrimental to losing weight. Going back to breakfast, it's important to have protein, about 20 grams or more, because that's going to keep you full. It's going to reduce cravings, and it's going to be—it's going to there's more of a thermic effect. So the, your body naturally raises its metabolism to break down and digest that protein. So all of those are very favorable for helping you burn fat instead of starting the day with a bagel or muffin, where you're going to be starving half an hour later and going into poor food choices.
0: Well, that's a great, a great uh, way for our listeners to kind of just shift something minorly and may, maybe have a big effect. And I like what you said about the prunes and the apples, or I should say prunes, the pears and the apples. Mm-hmm. Um, prunes are good too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But prunes have a lot of sugar in them, I would assume. Um now, you speak about the lift method and exercise. I want to talk about this as kind of our last question. You know, you talk about the length, the intensity, the frequency, and the tempo. Uh, and you have a lot of exercises in the book outlined. I know I'm an avid spinner and cyclist, and I lift weights afterwards usually. But you can briefly explain the methodology, um, what's entailed in this exercise routine, um, what are you really recommending along with this particular new lifestyle that you're recommending to our listeners, which is the 21-day meal plan?
1: Yeah. I mean, the exercise is crucial. I mean, most people don't realize... One of the big things that makes this program very different, I don't even consider it a diet because most people find this is a very sustainable way of living. Um, most people, when they go on a diet, completely neglect the exercise. And that's the most important thing in the long term because... The rate right exercise and specifically building muscle is the only thing that's going to have any appreciable impact on your, on your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Because your metabolism, metabolic rate, is largely determined by how much lean mass you have in your body. If we have two people that are 200 pounds, one of them is 10% body fat, the other one's 30% body fat. The person with 10% body fat at 200 pounds has a much higher metabolic rate than the person at 30%. And that's because muscle has more mitochondria, which are these powerhouse engines in your muscle cells that require oxygen to produce energy, and you'd have much fewer, far fewer in your fat cells. So the only way to burn fat 24-7 in the long term is to have more muscle. So when you combine this type of exercise, exercise more intelligently, not more, combined with the right food's excuse me, and the food cycling formula, it really creates a three-pronged approach that is very, very effective. So the lift method is about getting people to think about that the length of your workouts is going to have an inverse relationship with the intensity. The longer the workout, the lower the intensity is going to be. And that's not a good thing. Because intensity is the most important factor in how you improve your fitness and strength. So, for instance, intensity could be how fast you're running. It could also be how much weight you're lifting. I like to get people to think about lift heavy weights, low repetitions, focus on full body movements that get a lot of muscle involved. And when you do that properly with the right tempo, so you lift explosively and lower very slowly to get more muscle fibers involved. You burn more fat or you burn more calories during the workout. But again, it's not so much during the workout that we're concerned about. It's just building muscle that is going to keep us lean 24-7. And if you're a woman, you have to have to, have to do this because most women neglect strength training properly. They, they focus all their time on the cardio machines and then they go lift, lift five-pound weights. I'm like, listen, when you have a kid, they don't even weigh five pounds. They're like at least seven pounds, right? So lift to be stronger. And the only way to improve your strength is to lift heavier weights. Women, I talk about this in the book, are not going to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger because we, they don't have the genetic makeup, nor do they have enough testosterone to really foster that amount of muscle growth But from a bone health perspective, from a metabolic perspective, you have to be lifting heavier weights, especially if you're a woman. And that's what the Lift Method shows you how to do.
0: It's great, Yuri. Well, for my listeners, we've been on with Yuri Elcom, and the book is called The All-Day Fat-Burning Diet, The Five-Day Food Cycling Formula That Resets Your Metabolism to lose five pounds a week. And believe me, I get a lot of books across my desk. This is a really well done. Uh, Yuri is an expert at this. He has helped um, thousands and thousands of people reset their metabolism, lose weight. And um, he is certainly something somebody I would highly recommend. That you go check this book out, go to his website, listen to some of his videos. Um, Yuri, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and speaking to our listeners today and informing them really about a new way to set their metabolism, but more importantly, about how to have more energy, be healthier, um, right, and also lose weight at the same time and feel good about themselves. I know what happens is, you know, this is a Program and inside personal growth, and really, it's this whole thing is about how you feel about yourself, how you carry yourself all day long, and I think this is so is such an important factor that so body, mind, health, and spirit are part of it. Uh, I think Yuri focuses on both the body and the spiritual side of things. By the way, I've heard him answer these questions. So thanks so much, Yuri, for being on and spending a few minutes with us uh, today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Greg.